It's a Minnesota Twins 2022 offseason primer coming right at you on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Monday, November 7th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Again, this is Nash Walker, four seasons writing about the Twins at TwinsDaily.com and their affiliates, and three seasons hosting a daily podcast on the Minnesota Twins. This is off-season four, which makes today off-season primer number four. It's time. The World Series is over. Free agency starts Thursday, November 10th. We got to get going. Players can sign as soon as Thursday. They won't. They won't, barring something surprising. But it starts. There's the negotiations. There's rumors. We're going to cover it all this offseason. You're going to want to be here for it. But first, you need to know where the Twins are at. Where are the Twins at as far as payroll, roster spots? I know we've touched on most of it. But here's just a rundown view with some key questions involved, the biggest questions of the offseason. I have five of them, and the overview of the entire roster, where the Twins stand, whether I think they can make enough moves and have a good enough offseason to make the playoffs in 2023. One thing is certain. They are in a better spot today than they were a year ago today, which is hard to believe because I think when you have back-to-back losing seasons, back-to-back non-playoff seasons, back-to-back disappointing seasons, it's it's a worse feeling after year two than it is after year one because you're further away from the playoffs. You're further away than you were a year ago. The Twins made the playoffs in the COVID season, had a super disappointing year in 2021. Now we're two seasons removed from a COVID year where they made the playoffs. That's why it feels like things are worse than they've ever been for the Twins. And I, I agree. In some ways, it's hard to feel excited about the 2023 twins because we keep getting let down. You know, we get excited about all of these teams, especially in 2022. I think there was real excitement when the twins signed Carlos Correa, rightly so, and real excitement when the twins were in first place for a lot of the summer and it just, it broke down. So there's a little bit of a hopeless feeling. I get that, but the twins are in a much better spot today than they were a year ago. The bar for that is low, but it's true. They're in a much better spot on paper than they were a year ago if they're healthy if you if you consider these guys health to be good enough at this point right to to rely on them in some way in 2023 but here's the lineup and they don't have a shortstop right now they didn't have a shortstop at this time last year and ended up being Carlos Correa shocking i still can't believe that but it happened we'll see how they fill this this offseason right now this is the lineup without a shortstop Luis Arise is your first baseman, Byron Buxton in center, Jorge Polanco at second, Jose Miranda DH, Alex Kirilov in left field, Gio Urshela at third base, Max Kepler in right field, and Ryan Jeffers at catcher. There's no shortstop in that lineup, but the other spots, the other eight spots in the lineup are filled by somebody. I am telling you right now, of those eight, I think at least two will not be on the roster. At least two, and I will... I, I'll tell you who I think it'll be, but I think at least two, and I think potentially even three will not be on the roster. That is a rise Buxton, Polanco, Miranda, Kirilov, Urshela, Kepler, Jeffers. 
I think at least two and potentially three of those eight will not be on the team. And that's one of the key questions. How much different is this roster and lineup going to look? Because from 2021 to 2022, the lineup looked way different. Donaldson's gone. You know, you brought in Urshela. Garver's gone. Cruz was gone at the deadline in 2021. You bring in Urshela. You bring in Gary Sanchez. You bring in Carlos Correa. Jose Miranda gets added to the mix in May. The lineup looked a lot different as the year went on from previous lineups in the season, but it especially looked different than it did in 2021. The team was a lot different than it was in 2021, especially on opening day. Like think of opening day 2021 with Barrios and Maeda and and Anderson Simmons and Cruz and Garver and Donaldson. Such a different group. How different will it be from this year going into 2023? I would bet that it will be different. I don't know if significantly different. It will be a different team. It will be a different group going into 2023 as it was coming into 2022. Not always a good thing, but it's nice to get a fresh start. I think anytime you have a losing season, I think it's always okay to churn and to to find something that hopefully works for 2023. So a rise Buxton, Polanco, Miranda, Kirloff, Urshela, Kepler, Jeffers in the starting lineup. That leaves Nick Gordon, a backup catcher the Twins need to sign. Trevor Larnick, Hilberto Celestino potentially on the bench to back up Buxton. And then a right-handed outfielder. Could it be Cal Garlic? Yes, at $1.1 million in arbitration. But I would put money that it will not be Cal Garlic. It'll be a different right-handed outfielder. The Twins go out and, and snag via trade or via free agency. That's the position player side. Ample question marks. Ample questions on the position player side. And for the first time in a while, more questions on the position player front than there are with the pitching. And that doesn't mean pitching's figured out in a good way. But a lot of these slots are filled. The rotation is, as of, as it stands today, the Twins have officially picked up their club option on Sonny Gray. We knew that was happening. It's Sonny Gray, Tyler Malley, Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober, Kenta Maeda, and then for depth, beyond those five, Louis Varland, Simeon Woods-Richardson, Josh Winder, anybody else you want to include, any other prospect you want to include in that group. So Malley, Gray, Ryan, Ober, Maeda, set to man rotation spots, you would think, in 2023 the bullpen Yoan Duran Jorge Lopez Griffin Jacks Caleb Dilbar Jorge Alcala Giovanni Moran Josh Winder and then I would assume another acquisition another right-handed high leverage hopefully reliever they go out and get this winter that's where the roster stands it's there aren't a lot of questions on the on the pitching side from a who's gonna pitch point of view last year Who's going to pitch after Joe Ryan and Bailey Ober? Now they have Mally. They have Gray. Kenta Maeda's coming back. You don't know what you're going to get out of all those guys, but their names are penciled in to the starting rotation. And in the bullpen, you're adding Jorge Alcala back. Yoan Duran has emerged as one of the best relievers in baseball. Jorge Lopez acquired at the deadline. You're hoping he gets back to form or at least has the season he just had more consistently in 2023. That's where it stands. So where do the Twins have money to spend? Where should they spend it? And do I think they have enough to spend to compete with what they already have in 2023. It's all coming up after this word from BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports, if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. That's at betonline.net. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. 
Bet online is where the game starts. Again, betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's not just football. It's more than football. It's hockey. It's basketball. It's all back at betonline.net. Head over to betonline.net today, either on your phone or on your desktop, whichever you prefer. It is where the game starts at BetOnline. What do the Twins have to have to spend this offseason? Here's from Fangraphs if you're watching on YouTube. If not, I'll walk you through it. Guaranteed contracts. The Twins have only two eight-figure guaranteed contracts on the books for 2023. Byron Buxton at about $15 million. Sonny Gray at $12.5 million. Everybody else is below $10 million, and they only have four guaranteed contracts beyond Buxton and Gray. That's Kepler at $8.5 million, Jorge Polanco at $7.5 million, and Kenta Maeda at $3.125 million, Randy Dobnak at $1.5 million, a million and a half. So their committed money in guaranteed contracts is so small. If you compare that to like the Phillies or the Yankees, like I know we're not going to want to compare the Yankees, but like even the White Sox, the amount of guaranteed contracts they have compared to the Twins is pretty ridiculous. Like the Twins have really clean books. Arbitration is also on this. Arbitration eligible guys, after you know three years of service, you get arbitration and you get three years of arbitration, usually sometimes four. Gio Rochelle is in his last year. Tyler Malley is in his last year. Emilio Pagan's in his last year. So as it stands, if the Twins were to tender all of their players, which they will not, but if they were to tender all of their players, because these green numbers, they have a choice on. They can non-tender these players and say, nope, we don't want to bring you back at that figure. This is estimated figure, but think about it as a ballpark. So Gio Rochelle is at 9.2 million. He's going to make between eight and a half and nine and a half million in 2023 via arbitration. And the twins may ultimately decide they don't want to pay him eight and a half to nine and a half million in 2023. So they can non-tender him and the deadline for that is next Friday. So that's going to be fairly soon. Emilio Pagan's at 3.7 million. Tyler Malley at 7.2 million. Theobar 2.4. Lopez 3.7. Paddock 2.4. Luis Arise at 5 million. You get the idea. It's arbitration. The third highest paid player, if the Twins were to offer ARB to all these guys and they made these estimated figures, would be Gio Urshela at $9.2 million. Would be their third highest paid player, which to me is pretty crazy. Look at this number. Twins estimated 2023 payroll, $102 million. Last year it was $142 million. Looking at that thinking, okay, $40 million would get them back to their payroll level from 2022, but they have options to save money here. I mentioned Urshela's one. You don't have to non-tender him. You can tender him and then trade his contract off, and that would free up $9 million. Max Kepler is a clear trade candidate. little trickier because his contract is guaranteed. You can't just non-tender him. But $8.5 million you can save on Kepler by moving him. Emilio Pagan, $3.7 million in arbitration. I think that's a non-tender. Uh, $3.7 million for Pagan. There's another you know, $4 million saved. That would be $20 million. If Kepler, Urshela, and Pagan were no longer on the team, which the Twins have, I think, options on all three, if they want to trade or non-tender and or non-tender any of the three or all of the three, they would save $20 million total from doing that, which would be $60 million away from their payroll last year. I think they're going to get rid of some of that salary. I think they're going to get rid of probably Kepler's salary, and I think there's a decent chance they're going to get rid of Gio Urshela's salary because he's a good player at six million. Is he a good player at nine million? That's the question for the Twins. Did they want Gio Urshela for nine million at third base, or would they rather have Jose Miranda at third base for the league minimum? And that graphic doesn't include 
the pre-arb guys who are still trying to get their three years of service before they get into arbitration, all of them make about 750000 So that's your Mirandas, your Durans, Griffin Jacks. Those guys are all making the league minimum because they haven't accrued three years of service time at the major league level before they can get arbitration where they start to get those raises. Would you rather have Miranda for 750000 at third or would you rather have Joe Rochella for $9 million? That's a question they'll have to answer fairly soon. And if they don't want to answer it soon, they can just tender him and figure out if they want to trade Joe Rochella based on offers they receive. They have, I would estimate it at 50 to $60 million to spend with their self-imposed payroll unless they ramp things up. And Charlie Walters had a piece of the Pioneer Press, Jim Polad saying, he really likes Carlos Correa. He really wants Carlos Correa back. I think there's a chance that payroll is hiked up. I hope. I hope it is. But let's operate under the assumption that the Twins have 50 to $60 million to spend for 2023. I think sometimes it's confusing. Like Carlos Correa is going to sign for $350 million or $300 million or whatever you think he'll sign for. And everybody's like, wait, the Twins only have $60 million to spend? That's not going to be enough to sign Correa. It's on an average annual value basis. So Correa is going to make $35 million a year. That would account for 35 of the 60 the Twins have to spend or 35 of the 55 the Twins have to spend on an annual basis. So I'm, I'm basing it off of what I think they have to spend for next season on the payroll books, which is 50 to $60 million. Would I love to see it up at $65, $70 million? It, they should and they can. I just, I'm going to operate that they won't because they haven't before. So 50 to 60 million will say they have to spend this off season. That's a lot. And they've had a lot to spend for multiple off season. I think when I look at these books for the twins, when I, when I analyze the books, they're very clean. They're very clean for a team, even a mid-market payroll. Like these are extremely clean books. I would say, especially for a mid-market payroll, they have no like albatross contracts at all. And that's something they pride themselves on, this regime. But with that, you need to build that flexibility for something. They've operated, I think, I view this, and I, I'm, not, I'm using this as hyperbole. It's, I, I don't think this is true. But they operate as if there is one free agent or one free agent class they're saving for. Oh, we're not going to go and have it. We're not going to sign that big deal. Oh, we're not going to do this because in 2024, 2025, 2026, we want this guy, or we want to be really involved in this free agent class. That's when we're going to hand out those long, quote unquote, albatross contracts, right? That's how they've operated, I think. But they never, they never hand those contracts out. And they Donaldson for four ninety two, by definition, is not really an albatross contract because they got rid of it pretty easily, and they got a better player in return for getting rid of Josh Donaldson's money. That's that's a drop in the bucket compared to the Harper contract, the Correa contract that's coming, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, this upcoming free agent class. The Donaldson money, that's nothing. It's below $100 million. You know, and that was the biggest free agent commitment this team has ever made was to Josh Donaldson. But in the grand scheme, that's nothing. That's nothing. They need to go out and and reward themselves, I guess, if that's how you want to view it, for building this kind of flexibility where the books are so clean because they have the flexibility to do it now. If it's not now, when are when is it going to happen? Like when are they going to be involved? If you if you can't do it with your shortstop who everybody loved, the team loved, the teammates his teammates loved him. He was a, an asset on the field, he was an asset in the clubhouse. 
He wants to stay in Minnesota, Carlos Correa, if all things are equal. I believe him. If all things are equal, he would he would choose the Twins. If you're not going to do it then, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So that's the key question of the offseason. Undoubtedly, to me, how involved will the Twins be on Carlos Correa? Because we're already starting to hear rumblings. They really want him back. They really want him back. That's great. What does that mean? Does that mean you're actually in the race? How involved will the Twins be on Carlos Correa's free agency? Because if they're not involved on Correa's free agency, or they don't even sign him, they, let's just say they don't sign him, I I never see I I never see it happening. I just I don't think it's ever going to happen where they sign a huge contract like that if they don't do it with Carlos Correa. If they don't do it with Correa, they're not going to do it with anybody. And there's a middle ground to that. You know, Bogarts is going to get 200 million, not 300 million. Are the Twins open to signing Bogarts for 200 million? Are they open to signing, I don't know, Trey Turner for 230, 250? I don't know. But Carlos Correa is there. He already was a twin. If it's not going to happen with him for 300, it's not going to happen with anybody for 300. And that's that's the truth. Like it's it's likely not to happen. But if it doesn't happen with him, it's not going to happen with anyone. Payroll boost would be great. That's a question. Will there be a boost in payroll? Uh, that This is the time, I think, coming off back-to-back losing seasons, ownership wants to win, then you need to boost the payroll, I think. They need to consistently run higher payrolls if they want to win. That's that's just reality, I think, right now with where this team is at. I don't think that's always true. I think every team can stand up to, to get better. But with the where this team is at right now, they would benefit from higher payrolls. And because their books are so clean, they can – absorb some bad contracts on the back end, right? If you sign Carlos Correa for 10 years, you can absorb the last three or four years of that right now because you got nothing else there. Buxton making 15 million a year, that's that's nothing. Like Byron Buxton making 15 million in 2026 is going to be like him making 9 million now or 10 million now with inflation. That's that's just how it works in contracts and that's how how it works in in life in in the economy. And in baseball, economics, that's that's how it is. So will there be a payroll boost? Will the Twins, I, I think one of the bigger questions for Twins fans and a concern, and it's a concern for me too, will the Twins spend the money? They will spend the money, but will they spend the money on top-end talent or will they spread it around? Will they spend that $55, 60000000 million on top-end talent or will they spread it around to fringes of the roster. Are they going to go 8 million here, 12 million there, 7 million there, 15 million there and spread it spread the wealth around? Will they do that or will they go 30 for him, 20 for him, 10 for him? We had an off season. We got top top end talent, we got two top end players and another really good player for 60 million. Off season's over or is it going to be we got five players we liked they're not elite talents, but we like them to fill some some holes. We got guys for $60 million combined. Let's go play ball. What's it going to be? Is it going to be one or the other? Is it going to be top-end talent, or is it going to be spread it around? The Twins will spend the money. They will spend at least $50 million in free agency or trade. I hope I don't come back and look like an idiot, but I've said it every single year. Like They're going to spend the money, and they do. They spend it every year. They find a way late, usually, to spend it, whether it's Carlos Correa, Josh Donaldson, Marwin Gonzalez. Nelson Cruz, whoever it is, they find a way to spend the money, and they do. They will spend the money again this offseason. They will. They will spend at least $50 million in free agency or trades. That's my not a bold prediction. That's I, I'm telling you that's going to happen. I'm, I'm convinced that's going to happen. 
They're going to spend it, but how are they going to spend it? And will they spend it efficiently because they haven't before they haven't spent the money in an efficient way and market speed matters. This was a big calling card for me last year when all these starting pitchers were flying off the board, Stroman, Rodon, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, Kevin Gaussman, Robbie Ray, all these free agents flying, flying, flying. The Twins were involved on nobody but Dylan Bundy (laughs) as the lockout commenced. They had nobody in tow except for Dylan Bundy. Market speed matters. The Twins move so slowly in free agency. On the one hand, it's allowed them to get Carlos guys like Carlos Correa and Josh Donaldson. And looking back at the Donaldson deal, it would have been better if they never signed him, probably. But Correa, that was a, a great year. And maybe it gives you an inside track if they are going to be involved. And I would do that season again with Carlos Correa because the $35 million he made, there was nobody left in free agency to give that to. I don't know what they would have done with the $35 million, maybe even eaten it. But I said last year, they'll spend it. They're going to spend it again this year. Market speed matters. The market moved very quickly last year, and the Twins weren't up for it because that's not their style. Their style is to wait and wait and wait and get good value deals at the end. And that value doesn't always mean Dylan Bundy for a year and four and a half million. Sometimes it's Carlos Correa for a year and 35 or Donaldson for four and 92. They were fairly aggressive with Nelson Cruz, you know, signing him in December. That was fairly aggressive for this front office. Market speed matters and how they respond to that market speed will matter. Is this the first year, the first winter, we see the Twins get aggressive early? If it was a better time, I wouldn't know it because the the fan morale is in the dumper and they're coming off a disappointing year, a terrible September. The, what you can do right away, get this thing kick-started, sign a Correa. Get this thing kick-started, sign a Carlos Rodon. Build that excitement again early early that would benefit the twins I think and benefit the perception right now because I'm telling you I think it's ugly I think it's ugly if there was a better time I wouldn't know it to move fast and and move aggressively in free agency I'm, I'm hoping that happens these are key questions how much involvement will the twins have on Carlos Correa's free agency will there be a payroll boost is it going to be top end talent or are they going to spread this money around what's the market speed and how do the twins respond to it that's that's a just crucial. We'll be watching that very closely. And then how much different is this roster and lineup going to look compared to 2022 when the 2022 roster looked pretty different from the 2021 roster? I hope you have a better idea of where the twins are at. If you have questions, let me know and I'll I'll, I'll try to uh, try to answer those in the chat or you can DM me always at NashWalker9 on Twitter at LockedOnTwins. Let me know your thoughts. I always like to hear it. But I hope you have a better idea of where the Twins are at. And where they're at is a team with a lot of question marks. It's a team that needs steps forward from a lot of the roster. But it's also a team that, again, could stand for some outside supplementation, for some outside help. That's true every single year. And I think it's especially true this year for this Twins roster. Because if things click and things go right, you're going to want that elite talent to go along with it. And I think that happened early last year, but it just didn't happen consistently enough. And then the injuries and things just fell apart. I would do it again. You know, I would add a Correa again. I would add a Nelson Cruz again. You know, adding elite talent, adding top-end talent is always a good thing. I think it's always a good thing unless you do it too much, right? You have to pick your spots because then you are hamstrung and you can't go get elite talent because you already signed maybe some landmines later in those deals. But I would say this is a year for the Twins because of their books, because of where they finished, because of the disappointment to get aggressive 
and and go after that elite talent this this offseason. They have the flexibility to do it. Will they do it? I don't know. I know you'll be back to listen to Locked On Twins. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen today for your second listen today. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts on. The Locked On Podcast Network records your team every day. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.